Hi everyone, welcome to the Mavericks podcast, Mavericks Spotlights, and today we've got a really interesting and different story for you. Uh, first of all, we've got John here from Mavericks. Hello. And we've got Kat and Emma from Neo. So, hi Kat, hi Emma. Hello. Hi. So, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are, first of all? Uh, I'm Emma. I'm a strategist at Neo. I've been there, um, it'll be a year in April. Um, coming from a background in um, sort of client side, really, in the charity sector predominantly and technology. Um, and yeah, I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about the breadth of our roles and how they cross over. But yeah, my core focus is on strategy. Cool. And I'm Kat. I'm an account manager, which means I get to work really closely with all of the teams. So we've got strategists um, like Emma, we've got designers, writers, and um, I work really closely with our clients, so often taking on project management um, and also really focusing on building relationships, um, bringing everyone together, that sort of stuff. Cool, brilliant stuff. And obviously, um, we wanted to speak to you because NEO is quite an unusual organisation in its own right, but you've been going through a lot of changes recently as well. So can you just tell us about NEO, first of all? I guess that it's kind of um, broadest, uh, NEO's uh, brand and communications agency and works with um, all sorts of different clients. What they have in common is they're purposeful. So um, they may be charities, they may be social enterprises, they may be corporates, but they have purpose at their heart. Um, profit's still absolutely understandable, but they, they work very much from a place of what purpose are they here to serve. Awesome. Absolutely kind of people we love working with. Mm. So what kind of changes have you been under undergoing? You've gone on this really interesting journey. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I think, I mean, I came into to a change in NEO, which was really, really exciting, and had gone through a really rigorous recruitment process as well, and, and that helped me understand the changes. And NEO, NEO began very much with, with purpose at its heart, so I think it's very much an evolution and building on its roots. But for about the last 18 months, having worked with a, a gorgeous organisation now called HERE, what was it called before? Brighton Integrated Care Services. Yeah. Bix, one of um, uh, a client of Neo's, where we learned more and more about uh, teal organisations and a wonderful book called Reinventing Organisations um, mm -hmm. by Frederick Leloux. And by the time I came into Neo, that was a kind of alive and well in Neo in terms of what does that mean, what does that look like for us? And the team had been working really hard um, on wholeness, bringing your whole self to work and um, what that looks like and the power that can bring to an organisation and using practices like meditation and mindfulness, mm. active listening, but really, really powerful for unlocking creativity and just bringing more and more uh, of yourself to work uh, in cool. a really, really powerful way. In, in the last year, the focus has been on taking the next step, if we think of sort of teal as three prongs, into self-management. Um, and that's what we've been focusing on, yeah, for the last few months. Okay, so, I mean, self-management... Just hearing of it sounds like quite a concept in its own right, but what has that looked like for NEO in terms of how you've changed? What have you actually implemented? Because I'm not sure ev everyone knows what a TL organisation is. Or Yeah, so self-management is something that we're still grappling with. We're kind okay. of working out what does it mean for NEO, what does it mean to us as individuals. I think at its core, it's really about bringing your whole self to work. It's about trying to work in as kind of autonomous way as possible. It's about really taking responsibility and showing up. So um, you're constantly kind of trying to be self-aware. You're really checking in with um, decisions. So it's not just um, decisions are made for you. Um, and it's, yeah, we've, we've kind of implemented 
we've had to really revisit our structures. So we've now got a transition team in place, which is uh, built up of Emma, Sam, and myself. Okay. And we are the um, the ears, if you like, of the organisation, and we're really listening in carefully to um, any issues that are arising, any kind of questions that people are holding, any particular areas that are feeling really exciting and, and interesting for us. And then we're making sure that we're we're holding a space, so we're not making decisions and we're not um, we're not taking things away from everyone, but we're we're holding a space so that we can really facilitate conversations that need to happen. That sounds. Fascinating and really different to obviously any kind of mainstream organisation out there, if you like. It's quite a brave step to take as well. So what what kind of caused you to kind of go down this route, as it were? I think, again, inspired by here and inspired by a changing world and recognising um, the opportunity it opens up when you take away leadership belonging to one or a few people in an organisation, no matter how big or small that organisation is. So I think for many years now, leadership as a concept has been better understood. But my experience is it's often been then been kind of associated with, oh, well, you're a director or you're a head of something. Sure, sure. Whereas it being conceptually around anyone can show great leadership style, experience mm. and skills. And part of self-management really unlocks this because you're, you're taking away singular decision-making and you're saying, um, you know, you all come to this, you all have equality in this. And that what it's not saying is it's suddenly free fall and do whatever you want and no one's your boss. It's quite the opposite. You know, you have to think very carefully about what structures you put in place mm. and what processes you put in place so that you can deal with all the decisions you have to make in running a successful business. And so that's, you know, part of the last um, six months have been about, okay, our MD left, but she'd been very much on this journey with us. And that okay. created that space of saying, what's it going to take for an organization to, it was already fairly flat actually uh, in terms of it was not a hierarchical organisation but what does it take for us to run a business uh, and step into those spaces where perhaps some of us hadn't been before? Yeah and just to add to that I think what's been really um, for me personally what's been really amazing is forgetting the kind of um, the job description if you like so mm. um, really thinking about okay yeah th this is the, the job role that you're in actually what are the other areas like what are your other skills where are people where have people got real appetite and interest and that that freedom has been has really um allowed people to as emma was saying step into different to different spaces to to run workshops um where or, or kind of um lead conversations that that wouldn't have necessarily happened before because they they weren't necessarily in that in their job role or that it wasn't something that they felt that they really had the um the authority to do and to lead. So that's been really, really uh, amazing to kind of experience. So it sounds like it's much more self-generated from each of what, what people can contribute, what they can bring, rather than um, uh, looking at your, your JD and, uh, and doing that. Yeah, definitely. But I think that also brings its own challenges because we're really needing people to step up and to um, make that kind of um, conscious decision to... Um, to contribute in, a, in quite a different way to actually how they maybe have done in previous roles. So it's not just about this is your job and you come in at 9:30 a.m. and this is what you do and then you leave. It's very much it's it's more it's more open than that. And it's actually it's deeper because it's where are you really where you know forget the job description for a minute. Where is it you, that you feel really passionate or where is it that perhaps you haven't um, considered that that is something that you could bring real value to so and, and that brings its own challenges as well 
So I understand there's sort of different models, and um, it's but it's not an employee-owned business. So how do you foster a sense of ownership when you don't completely own it as such? How do you nurture that sense? That's uh, really, really good question. One is by having a founder who really helps us foster that this is, um, as, as much as he can at moments, as much our business as it is his. I think the other is the, the subject matter uh, and the very reason Neo came into existence. We, we are really passionate about purposeful organizations. So it's, it's sort of in our interest to bring all that we are, to look for interesting work, um, and to bring value to that. And the, the idea is, in the end, to move to be employee-owned as well. That is definitely our ambition. But I don't think that that's not our driving force about why we get out of bed in the morning and, and do the work we do. So it sounds almost like there's this kind of sense of you've got to kind of live it and be it yourselves in order to work with the kind of clients that you really want to work with as well, and yeah. almost be an yeah. example of it. Yeah, definitely. And it really, um, in terms of one of the challenges, I think, um, that feeds into the recruitment process hugely. So we're not just recruiting a person to um, undertake a particular job. We're recruiting someone that's going to be a real active, um, energetic part of running a business. So um, that kind of adds another layer of, I guess, challenge to when we're recruiting because it, it isn't sure. just um, this is the job description, let's try and fill it. It's who, who's got the kind of the drive or the, the particular... Um, skills or just the, the it's just kind of quite hungry for, for doing something a bit different and, and not just um, getting out of bed and going to a work that yeah isn't particularly um, I don't know what the word is you might edit this bit out defined, <laughs> slightly less defined I think for some it has to be self-motivating you have to find some motivation we also support each other yeah you, you know th th there are days when you feel more energetic than others <laughs> But I think that's why it's a personal journey as well as an organisational journey. It's about what, you know, really trying to understand the value you bring to this world and understanding how you can offer that to an organisation that almost amplifies that then and works with you. Right. And so it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty soul-searching and th there needs to be a willingness to, to and an appetite to mm. do that. So I think one of the things that's on my mind is... I can totally resonate with your journey and all that kind of stuff, and you know it very much speaks to what we're here, what we're about here at Mavericks. There are going to be people listening to this says, that will say that all sounds great, and you said earlier about obviously this isn't just a woohoo, no one's your boss now. So what kind of what kind of structures and processes have you put in place to to make all of this work? So I mentioned the transitional team, which mm. has been a really uh, important aspect of this for us because we all kind of recognised at the beginning of this journey that we, we weren't quite ready to go straight into full um, self-management whereby all the kind of general day-to-day -day runnings of the business are really equally shared amongst, amongst everyone in the team. So Emma, Sam and I have been meeting weekly. Um, we've been facilitating conversations. We've been um, learning a huge amount. <laughs> about the day-to-day -day running of the business, the financial aspects and those sorts of things that we, um, each of us had a, had a real interest in but and some experience, but not to the extent um, that we now do, hopefully. Sure. Um, <laughs> and um, the idea is that in July we'll, we'll move to full kind of self-management. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll be divvy divvying the teams and um, taking on that 
those responsibilities that Emma, Sam and I have been facilitating and holding for the time being? So we've, we've written our first handbook um, and that kind of uh, holds, um, I guess, the more soulful side and that kind of philosophical side and then some really practical aspects. So the idea is, and we've done a lot of reading and research as well, that we will have um, three circles, three teams um, looking at product, okay. um, process and people. Thanks. How awful to forget <laughs> that one. That's so me as Don't well. Don't worry. Um, and then, and so everyone within NEO will be part of a circle. Um, those circles will get together as well. And what those circles are doing, are, again, it's about facilitation. It's about holding the space for things that are important, making sure that they're being looked at regularly, whatever it may be. Is it strategy? Is it pricing? Is it um, personal development? All the classic things you'd expect. Mm. Um, and they're held by different circles. Um, it's not for that circle to manage that. It's for that circle to um, keep that alive and well in NEO and perhaps ask the questions, perhaps create workshops, just facilitate making sure it's going on. Um, and, and I guess part of this as well is um, recognizing, it goes back to what I was talking about with leadership, whilst there is no um, imposed hierarchy, what, what one notices in a self-managed structure is there are very natural hierarchies. Mm. Projects will come and go and someone will step into a space and lead it and that's not just acceptable, that's what's, what's expected. Sure. You're not all sitting around going, oh no, you say something, no, you say it. Someone steps in, but it tends to be genuinely quite an organic process where their interest is in there uh, and they start to lead and they pull a project team together. And that's what we look for, this really lovely ebb and flow of someone leading something, someone else leading something else. So it feels very equal, mm. but it's not about trying to say, you know, your job is to lead on X and mine is Y. It, it's it's mm. more natural than that. I guess another thing that's um, leading on from that, that's um, that's feeling quite different and, and actually now feels quite embedded, is our um, weekly meetings used to be, um, so that we, they would be, they'd be led by our former MD, Nicole, and um, they were really, really useful, valuable way of kind of introducing us to the week and making sure everyone was up to speed with uh, what was happening this week and, and, and so forth, deadlines and that sort of thing. And what we've changed there is that that Monday morning meeting is now, um, each of us takes turns to chair that meeting. So um, it's very shared. It, that again, it feels quite organic. They Each person will bring something each week. So um, it may be something that they've noticed that perhaps has been forgotten. So it could be something like active listening or um, it could be... Um, something that inspired them over the weekend, and they thought, and they feel that you know they felt compelled to to share that with the group. Mm. So, um, and also we're using it as a platform to make decisions. So it's less about you know um, what's going to happen this week, although we do still cover that. It's more, it's actually it's become a real decision-making platform as well. I'm interested. Obviously, I've heard, it, particularly in with creative projects, succeed with a creative dictator. And that you mm. get that sort yeah. of um, uh, velocity of decision making, you get that mm. momentum with a clear vision, uh, perhaps of one person. So, how do you manage that sort of decision by committee? Uh, what problems have you had mm. in terms of um, you know the, uh, um, not having a d single decision maker in place? Mm. Again, I think a really helpful question, and often a, a misunderstanding um, about self-management that it's about. Uh, gosh, you know, more committee or consultation. Uh, and it's quite the opposite. It's trying to facilitate really nimble um, decision-making. 
but very equal decision making. So at the heart of um, one of our processes is something called the advice process, um, which is talked about a lot in, in reinventing organisations. And what that tries to do is to give the individual permission, but a process in which to get to rapid decisions. And maybe a big decision, maybe a small one. And dependent, if it's a very small decision, usually just, just, just make it and crack on, quite frankly. If it's a bigger one, if there's budget involved, it's quite significant. Um, the idea is to sit and think about who is this going to impact? Where can I seek advice? Who's got expertise beyond what I know? And it's your responsibility to go and do that, to bring that all together, to speak to the right amount of people, and then to make that decision. You know, it's ultimately your decision. It's for the rest of us to speak up if we disagree and to speak up in good time. It comes back to that sense of responsibility. Um, not just sitting back, oh, yeah, God, that was bound to happen, wasn't it? What could I have done to, to voice that? So we, the advice process is at the core of how we work, uh, and it can feel fairly natural at the moment. We recognise there may be more difficult decisions in the future, and that might lead to needing some external voices to be brought in as well. Um, and so that's very much part, kind of open to, if there comes a point, we haven't had it yet, where we think, gosh, we might you know, need some help with this, then, then we'd happily seek that. So again, it sounds very empowering in that if you don't agree with the decision, then it's your uh, job to um, counter-offer, to counter-argue and to put a, a better point of view forward rather than um, yeah. just complaining about what's been done. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> There's also a principle, though, of um, so that you're not... I mean, we haven't had this either, constantly going backwards and forwards with, well, I, I give you this idea. No, I have a, a better idea. There also needs to be a shared sense of good enough and I can't remember the actual phrase mm -hmm. we use. Well, there's concordance, yeah, where we feel, is it livable with? You know, yeah. if someone's really passionate about something and you're a bit, mm, yeah, okay, I think I'm slightly worried about this, but actually, is it livable with? Great, so move. Because another part of this kind of slight, this analogy to ecosystems and living systems is that sense of things do evolve. You're not looking for the perfect answer. Um, and you're looking to, to, to have movement um, and to try something out. And if it doesn't go quite as you plan, what do you learn from that? Um, and so we're just trying to engender that spirit as well. And I think that, um, that permission is really key here. So it's giving people permission to fail because that's human and that's inevitable and we don't know all the answers and that's, that's not, you know, and we, we have to be okay with that. So the, the good enough to try approach, I think, is, is quite liberating because it gives people um, yeah, that permission and that confidence to step forward and, and to try things out. And um, yeah, I think that's been, that's been hugely valuable for all of us. I really love the sound of that because obviously in a lot of traditional organisations, they talk about empowerment, they talk about it being okay to fail, but actually traditional organisations kind of obviously foster kind of control, rigidity, that kind of thing. And it feels like there's a real organicness to what you're, what you're doing. Yeah, and I think a shared, whilst we bring our individual responsibilities, there is also a shared responsibility. And I think it's, it's funny, the word empowering so much implies that um, someone has gifted you that power and they might take it away. You know, you, you talk about someone's empowered me or I will empower you to do something. Well, it hasn't come from me then. Someone's gifted it. And I think that's... It's not always meant like that, sure. but that's certainly how I can feel that word. And, and this is mm. what we're trying to foster is, yeah, a much more internal process of make a choice, bring your whole self to work, and crack on, you know, be, be there. 
be present um, and because that's where the value lies that's where creativity lies and at our heart we're a creative agency sure and we absolutely see this as something that can um, only help that creativity and um, harness it through every individual as well so we've talked a lot so far about how it kind of works and empowerment and a little bit about accountability and mm. that kind of thing where does um, evaluation come into this? Because obviously in traditional organisations, you very often have like performance management, appraisal, that kind of thing that's tied to reward and all that. How does it work in NEO? We thought a lot about development. It's really important that we each feel that we're developing our careers. Um, but also with the principle of autonomy, that mm -hmm. that's, I'm not waiting around for a manager to, to tell me that they've noticed I'm a bit okay at that, but I've really got some weaknesses here. Sure. Um, <laughs> and to seek ways of um, self-reflection, being really honest with myself, you know, where do I think my strengths lie, how can I bring those more to bear, but then to regularly, um, I think in the handbook we put, whether it's quarterly, I'm sorry, I've forgotten, or every six months, to seek out proper processes, so to seek out two or three people, to go have a walk with them, to spend some time with them, to ask very specifically for feedback on what they've noticed, where they see your strengths are, where perhaps you could have, um, you could, you could speak up more, could do something more, to seek ways of doing that through um, uh, conferences, through classic training techniques. All those things mm. are still absolutely available to us, but it's about us again taking that responsibility, uh, and again at that core around understanding, listening into yourself, applying the same principles, and thinking what, how close can I get to understanding what purpose I am here to serve. And in understanding that, what things um, do I need to do that to the best of my ability? We, we don't attribute kind of classic evaluation of an individual to their salary. Uh, that's cool. not deemed a, a helpful thing, really. So you said, I think you said Nicole left about six months ago, was it? July, wasn't it? Yeah, it was over the summer. So that, that being the case then, six months of being in the fully self-managed with the transition team, what have been the successes so far? What have you really noticed has really worked? Do you know what? I think it is those moments where people have surprised themselves mm. and perhaps surprised us or as a kind of collective. I think it's those... I don't know if I could sit here and tell you big kind of achievements, um, and they are big achievements. I'm not belittling them, but I think it is those little moments where... Um, someone stepped up and said, I, I, this is really um, important to me. Can I, or is everyone up for me um, leading a conversation with you all about it? Or um, where, where confidence has been built um, in individuals that perhaps, where perhaps before there, there wasn't that same amount of confidence. It's, for, for me personally, that it's been those real moments that, that have felt really exciting. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and I think... Um, I think you just hear people's voices more. So there's just there's just more to hear and more people stepping into spaces. Greater vulnerability, uh, which is wonderful. I think there's I've definitely noticed people feeling more able to say, I don't know. I don't this feels weird. I'm uh, is this gonna work? Um, <laughs> and you know, all sorts of different things because you're you know, you're right, Krish, we are on a journey. And we'll always be on the journey, quite right, frankly. Right, right. There's no perfect destination. No, of course. Um, but we are. It's early days. Um, so without that vulnerability, we're not going to learn either. Um, and we had a really lovely away day at your mum's house. Yeah. Uh, in, in, uh, <laughs> in December. And, and that was looking at purpose, our own individual purpose and the purpose of the organisation. 
And that felt great. It was very exploratory, but people were very honest with, um, it also is quite hard. It's quite awkward, you know, and that kind of celebrating the awkwardness as well is really important of just not knowing. Am I saying something really stupid? Have I got anything to say? All of that stuff. That's really cool. It sounds like one of the other um, real, what I'm, what I'm hearing is just the courage it takes to do this, because it really is quite different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think there has been, it has, I think, in terms of our, particularly at the beginning of this journey, we had a lot of conversations and it, you can see the shift in um, people, the, the, the wariness and the, um, and the real kind of, the fear that was, that was perhaps there more so at the beginning. Um, it, there's still some of that and, the, and pe there is still some ambiguity and people are, you know, it's, it's, we're human and we're on a journey and, and we don't all have, you know, we don't have the answers, but um, that has definitely, there's been a shift and um, that's, been, that's been really great to be a part of. Awesome, awesome. So what have been, I mean, we've mentioned some of the challenges so far, but what would you say have been the very manifest challenges in these last six months? I think a really interesting one that probably only, for me, almost had to step back to see it, um, was that those, those few months of kind of core change with, you know, an MD saying, who's done an amazing job at leading the organisation, saying, I'm leaving, um, and us going, oh, I'm being given the choice to think about self-management and employee ownership and all sorts of things at the same time, and right. it's quite, quite, quite a turmoil, was we became understandably inward-looking, and there's times when organisations need to do that, but with, as an organisation has clients at their heart as well, it, it was uh, yeah, it was a really challenging time, and I think it's um, really interesting when we wrote one of our you know chapters of our story. It was then that we could step back and go, God, that's sort of all about us, mm. and this is a bit about us. But we're doing it not for us. We're mm. doing this because we believe we can create just even greater value to the work we do for and with others. So I think that's been, and I don't think it was a wrong thing. I think it was just a thing we had to go through. Sure. But it's helped me become more mindful of almost having that, um, that kind of, you know, the client chair in the room, the neo space in the room of going, hang on, let's stand back a bit. Why are we doing this? What's this conversation about? What's this going to be like if a client, you know, for a client hearing this? Um, how can we create clarity and reassurance that we're not, you know, it's not some wacky thing we're doing. Um, we do know what we're doing. We're still running a good <laughs> business. All those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. So getting a bit of keeping that external thinking as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think what else what also stands out for me is um, the being okay with the not knowing mm. challenge. Yeah. The um, kind of, um, I can um, picture examples um, scenarios where we've been in our Monday morning meeting or um, Emma, Sam and I have been having a chat and there's just this um, honesty around, oh, yeah, this is, yeah, what do we do here? We don't really, <laughs> oh, right. okay, this is a new one. Um, and that has taken, a, it's taken a while for that to feel normal or for that to feel okay and I think that's been um, a, a challenge that will not disappear overnight but uh, it's certainly one that we're, we're getting better at overcoming. So I'm just curious on that specific point, because we find a lot of the people we work with go through that, of course, you know, they're maverick, so they're not following the mainstream. Mm. So that being the case, when one of you guys comes across that, shit, I don't know what I'm doing, mm. or what the, that kind of internal squelch kind of almost <laughs> goes, what do you do in that moment? What's your kind of 
mechanism for getting past that, overcoming it, whatever? There's a few things. One that springs to mind is, and we're not perfect at this yet by any means, um, be being okay with awkward silences springs to mind. So, you know, when you're having, yeah. a, you're having a meeting mm -hmm. and uh, someone asks a question and there's this kind of, oh, okay, no one has an answer, <laughs> so is someone going to try and fill it? Um, yeah, that's, and it, we're, 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 it's really powerful and we are by no means, yeah, there yet, but we're learning to sit with the silence and uh, for it to be okay that it might take a minute for someone to gather their thoughts and have and have the answer. So yeah, that's something that springs to mind. Yeah, I think that's incredibly powerful um, in those you know, awkward spaces. It may be an answer, or it may be just time for us to go, yeah, I, I just, I don't know, <laughs> really don't know, <laughs> but we'll make a plan. Uh, and that plan might be going away and learning something more. Mm -hmm or it yeah, just might need regrouping. So I, it's that kind of, th that vulnerability, that willingness to live with uncertainty, because life is uncertain, but, but holding a spirit of, but we will do something about it. So not just a kind of slightly laissez faire right. mm, tricky one, isn't it? But uh, <laughs> having that moment where you can be, you just don't know, but then going, and what are we gonna do about that? And I think this really feeds into um, the confidence that we're enough as well, which mm. is another theme that's kind of been um, really we're trying to keep alive. It's having, it's knowing and and having that um, that connection with the fact that we are enough and we will find a, an answer of so of sorts, mm. even if it's not right now. We'll, we'll get to that point. We just need to be okay with the slightly weird, uncomfortable feeling for now, <laughs> and we'll get over that. Yeah. <laughs> Squelch, that was brilliant. Yeah. The eternal yeah. squelch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it's yeah. that, like that squelch in the gut. That yeah. you go, oh, shit, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> there was this lovely quote I found when um, we were writing the first draft of the handbook. Um, and I think its origins is um, Native American Indians. But we are the people we have been waiting for. Um, I love that quote. And it's just awesome so, it's so beautiful that you, you can be looking around going, oh, crap. Maybe someone magical will come in the room, <laughs> but actually, rather than rather terrifyingly looking around the room and thinking it's us, embracing, we are enough. We are the people we've been waiting for, and how exciting is that? And, and what can that unlock? Really fucking exciting. Mm. It's really exciting. I was just going to say, as, as a, I think for leaders, conventional leaders of businesses, I think it, it just, I remember not knowing and having to go into mm. a room full of people and go, well, Here's what I'm going to do. And uh, so it just sounds like it, you know, it's liberating for, um, as a leadership style, and it allows other people to contribute. And um, so it kind of um, just seems to evaporate so much bullshit that, um, of people pretending they know what they're doing uh, in conventional businesses. Yeah, and stepping in the door and putting on a big kind of work, I know what I'm doing, mm. I am the expert facade. Mm. I think it, it removes that, which is, as you say, really liberating. Yeah. And it really does give permission, doesn't it? It gives permission to you, but also to your clients as well, to, to a degree. So just on that note, what have been kind of the reaction from some of your clients? I want to say a sort of non-reaction in a way, because what's great is our existing clients is we've managed to keep running a really smooth ship, um, and that was really important to us. Cool. We, you know, the only way we wanted this change to affect the work was positively. Um, and then I think what we're working with as well is 
there's it's a bit like I was saying earlier, there's a lot of internal stuff that we're working mm -hmm. on and with, and that feels important. How much of that needs to externalize with our clients actively, that's what we're working on as well. well I think what's really interesting is this, the vulnerability issue, the not knowing. They feel like really useful things. What are some of the principles we work with? And they're quite awkward things because we're employed to be the experts. Sure. So it's holding that fact that yeah, we know our shit, we've, we're good at some stuff, but also there's rarely one answer when it comes to brand or communications Absolutely. or campaigns. And that's what's really exciting and far rather co-create with, with clients who are equally bring their brilliance and, mm. and how can we therefore be, a, be about an organisation that creates wonderful connections, that creates spaces for everyone to be creative, um, that can bring expertise and bring knowledge but also help facilitate it out of other people. Absolutely. Um, and I think there's a real opportunity for us there to be true to who we are and offer that in a space. But one that's reassuring as well, that's not just sort of, yeah, we don't know either. You know, what do you think? <laughs> that's, not what we're, that's not what we're doing. If another organization was thinking about embarking down this road themselves, obviously it's quite a big thing to do. So what would be your kind of couple of top tips to another organization? considering this kind of journey as it were? Read Reinventing Organisations <laughs> would be pretty up there. Um, yeah, definitely start. I mean, if, if someone's got to the point of thinking about that, presumably they've, they've done quite a lot of reading and consideration, but come and, come and talk to organisations that are doing it. Come and talk to us. We would love to talk to you. And I think, think really carefully about what, what starting that journey looks like and think that it is a journey. I imagine they would. They're probably already on it. But that it's not a switch that you press. You're not going to become teal overnight. And actually, some organizations that are self-managed aren't necessarily looking as much into evolutionary purpose. Or it may be one thing that's very important. For us, the kind of teal package is really important. And those three areas, and, and what do they bring? And it's definitely still work, work in progress for us. But the biggest thing I'd say is talk to people. Just keep talking and reading and um, and try try it out, you know. Try it out big, try it out small, but begin it in some way. There, there was a piece of work you did about your story and beautifully illustrated, beautifully written, and it was just the one of the strongest creative outputs you've done. And I'm kind of interested in whether you feel six months on, whether you're a more creative agency, not necessarily in terms of production and output, but holistically, does it result in a, a high level of creativity? such a timely question for us. I've literally just done a 90-minute walk with Charlie around Preston Park talking about what does creativity mean to Neo. Um, I think, I personally do, I think it's been the working practices at Neo um, have really helped me give myself permission to go deep when I work with clients, to think differently, um, further than my normal bonkers thinking anyway, but it's just helped unlock that. And I see that happening with individuals. I think our next really exciting step will be around how do we bring that together, actually. If it's happening with individuals, I just I feel like there's another step now about saying, so how do we, um, how do we take this to the next level? What does creativity in an organization like NEO look like now? And how does mm. it manifest in our work? Um, I, don't, I don't think we've cracked that yet. Mm -hmm. Maybe some design principles will emerge. That, you mm, that would be wonderful. Yeah, and I think it is, um, it's thinking about creativity, creativity in a more of an open 
um, way. So it's thing, and we've been talking about this recently. It's where does creativity come in when we're when we are running a workshop or when we are holding our Monday morning breakfast meeting or when we are having a, a meeting or, or things that perhaps um, you don't necessarily instantly think think should be creative, but actually, where can we be creative? Where can where's the opportunity here to um, to, to explore things a bit differently? Awesome, awesome. I think we're going to wrap now, guys. Um, thank you so much for your, your time today. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And uh, one of the things we're going to be doing, uh, Mavericks, is we're going to be fo- speaking to Kat and Emma and some of the other guys from Neo over the, f- over the next year, actually. We really want to follow your journey and see what, what comes up for you. Uh, and if you're up for that, that would be really great. I think it's wonderful. We were saying earlier that um, one, what, thank you for the invite and what a privilege it is to be, to be asked these questions it's really lovely for us to have some reflection time. And so, you know, being asked to do this for a year, I think is just a really powerful part of, of our journey. And, um, yeah, will give us pause uh, and an opportunity to hear other voices and, and to get some feedback on it as well, which is great. 